What's up, world? It is your host, Kelly Sabraki, here with another episode of Misunderstood Podcast. And I am beyond thrilled to have today's guest on the show, who is probably one of the most misunderstood Miss USAs in the industry. It's Sarah Rose Summers Combs, and she is diving into all of her experiences pre, during, and post Miss USA. I adore this woman. I've been following her for years. I saw her crowning moment. I followed her journey when she was Miss USA. But over the last four years, I've continued following her journey. She's so relatable. She's a wife. She's a dog mom. She's living life in Texas and she's sharing her ins, outs, challenges, and biggest frustrations through her transparent online platform. I also have so much respect for her as a certified child life specialist in that community and also working with so many different corporations, including Smile Train, the Secrets Foundation, Project Sunshine, to spread her light and her faith. She is a God girl like me, and we both discuss how we have overcome obstacles She dives into what it was like to be in such a public-facing role, but still navigating her faith and overcoming those challenges that she faced during her reign in Atmos Universe. I have so much respect for this incredibly relatable, super bubbly, wonderful woman who was a legitimate queen in life, and she's going to dig into everything she's faced, everything she's overcome, but also what is to come. Here is Sarah Rose Summers on Misunderstood Podcast. You're listening to Misunderstood Podcast, where we are setting the record straight on all things misunderstood. I'm your host, Kelly Hall Sabraki, pageant runner-up, model, speaker, wife, and U.S. Navy Lieutenant. I may have never won a Miss USA title, but I am the queen of being misunderstood. Welcome to the show, guys. Hey, guys, welcome back to another episode of Misunderstood Podcast, season four. We are diving into all of the biggest misunderstandings, and I have, I'm fangirling, totally fangirling. Because I followed her reign, I watched her get crowned, been following her Instagram for years, and now I have a virtual friend in her. We have Sarah Rose Summers on the podcast. Welcome. Oh my gosh. You're the sweetest ever. Thank you so much for having me. I have followed you for years through everything you have done, competing in California, getting married, all the fun things. So I really do feel like you hit the nail on the head when you said we're virtual friends. Because when we got on and said this is our first time actually speaking, it doesn't feel like that. So this is great. This is I saw one of the things in like the notes that you sent over like talking points. And one of it was about like using social media for good. And so many of us forget that there's so much negativity around again. There's all the stigma and blah, 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 influencers or whatever. But truly, like, the positive always outweighs the negative. I connect with the coolest people whom I would never had I not had a social media platform. And, like, you are you live in Texas and you were Miss USA and you traveled the world. And, like, here we are in our little apartments years later becoming friends. It's the best. It is the best. And I think 
Yes. Social media, of course, can be negative in a handful of ways, but I think it's just like anything you do in life, you have to choose to make it a positive and connecting friendships and then staying in contact with friends around the world is a huge perk of social. Yeah. Like you said, choice. I definitely want to dive into that more later. So much is mindset and pageant women. I'll say women because we're not all girls. I hate like when they're like, oh, pageant girls. Pageant women, we're just cut from different cloth because so much of the process is choice. Like how we choose to spend our time, how we choose to make decisions, how we choose to think through situations and like our mindset. So pretty powerful stuff. But before we dive into all of it, I want to talk about pre- during post Miss USA, really, let's get into what was most misunderstood. As Sarah Rose Summer comes during your reign as Miss USA 2018, and now, what's misunderstood about life after Miss USA? Love the question. It is so many questions. Let's break it down. So, first and foremost, when I was Miss USA, something that I did not expect. Also for listeners, so oftentimes people are like, wait, which one's Miss USA? So Miss USA is the one that goes on to compete at Miss Universe. Whereas Miss America, it's there she is, Miss America, been around for 50 years, does not go on to compete anywhere else. That is it. So during my year as Miss Nebraska USA, I had directors, my Nebraska state directors who had set up sponsors and everything to help me prepare to be my best self to compete at Miss USA. You would expect that tenfold as Miss USA yeah, going to Miss Universe. But when I was Miss USA and all years prior, kind of complicated. So the Miss Universe organization owned the Miss Universe, Miss USA, and Miss Teen USA. Mm-hmm. So when I went to compete at Miss Universe with 95 other women from around the world, they all had their national directors. Well, mine were also the Miss universe directors. So they had to be super not involved because it needed to be unbiased, right? All these other countries think that USA is favored because the directors are the same people. But that meant that I had no director at all. So I think that was the most misunderstood. No one had told me that really. I remember when I was gearing up, I was just so confused. I got paperwork like the blank paperwork. And they say, you know, submit this in 48 hours. And I remember calling my manager who was over at the Miss Universe office and saying, okay, I'm going to fill this out in a fun, lighthearted way, in a serious way. And then can I come over to the office and we'll brainstorm for the theme of the paperwork? And she was like, what are you talking about? We can't help you with that because we're the directors of Universe. And I was so shocked and I remember I called Nia Sanchez, who is a friend of mine who's also a former Miss USA. And I said, Nia, what in the world? Who helped you prep for Miss Universe? And she said that her state directors from Nevada did. So that was pretty funny to me. Just something that you don't really know Wow! until you're in those shoes. And of course, nowadays that's different because the Miss Universe organization did sell off the Miss USA and Miss Teen USA franchise. So, so they like split off. Yes. So one perk of that change, in my opinion, is that at least she has her own director at Miss Universe. Kind of crazy. That I've actually never heard that before. Mm-hmm. And I've been in this like world for a while, obviously not at the level that you're in, but I've listened to a lot of interviews and like heard a lot of tea. (laughs) That's pretty insane. But I mean, it makes sense logistically about like the way it was organized at the time. 
but that's crazy. So again, that like says a lot about your tenacity and your ability to prep and the choices you made and the determination because that's a huge misunderstanding. I'd be interested to hear, like get Arbne on the our podcast a year from now and like hear now what her experience was like. Well, her yeah, that's a whole nother bag of worms for sure. But <laughs> hopefully the worms. next one, yeah, <laughs> hopefully the next one will have a smooth experience. We can We can only hope. So before we get into the misunderstandings and go post, let's dig into that a little bit more. I mean, what helped you? I mean, I'm sure like initially it was a little bit of shock and then a little bit of realigning. And then what were your next steps? Like what really got you through that time? Definitely. I mean, I just employed the team that I had around me going to Miss USA because Obviously, that worked, first of all. And then second of all, I didn't really have another option. So I was super grateful for them and their support. And we just took it to the international level, which was obviously different than any of them had done before. But I'm very grateful for it. I think that a lot of people believe that once you get to like this premier level at anything, right? Like whether it's Miss USA, Olympian, talk show host, podcaster, influencer with 1 million followers bachelor contestant. Like everyone thinks that when you reach this level, that's it. Like, oh, she definitely has help. She definitely has coaches. She definitely has. Oh yeah. Everything's handed to you or yeah. No, you also still need to be your own advocate at the end of the day. And even when certain resources are handed to you, they might not align. So like, I remember once I moved to New York and I was training for universe, they did set me up with a walking coach and I went one time and I was like, there's just no shot. That's not going to work. She's trying to change like who I am. We don't align. And they said, okay, that's really fine. You don't have to go back. So first of all, yes, you need to be your own advocate and get the coaches and the resources that you know you need and what works best for you. But you also need to be able to politely say, thank you so much, but no, thank you. when things are given to you that you don't agree with. Yeah. Totally. Just because it's free doesn't mean it's right. I'll like put that out there. Like I feel like I get a lot of opportunities for mentorship or free podcast help or free branding help or whatever it is. And I think somewhere along the line over the last couple of years, I was like, ooh, ooh, like someone wants to help me for free. That's so cool. And then the juice wasn't always worth the squeeze. I was like, wait a second. Like, I don't think they're right or I've mm-hmm. never seen that or my, you get the like the goose pimples on your back that are just like, I just don't think this is like a good fit. Right. And so I've said no a lot more than I've said yes. Which I think is so beautiful because that means you had the discretion and ability to discern. That was the word I was looking for. Discerning between what aligned with you and what didn't. Um, when you were saying you've had, you know, lots of opportunities for three things over the years. I instantly thought of my main regret. I did a trade. So like posting in exchange for something. Uh-huh. And it was a service. Was this while or after you were a title holder? After. Okay. After. And it was, okay, so we'll get there, but now I'm kind of jumping forward. So I apologize. Jump forward. Jumping forward, jumping forward to my wedding, which was like six months after I crowned the next Miss USA. And I did a trade for a service at my wedding. (laughs) I was so disappointed. It was one of my main regrets. And if I've told anyone about it since, they were like, oh, well, did you get it for free? And I was like, yeah, I did. And they were like, that's where you went wrong. (laughs) Yep. That's so bummer. You live and you learn. Sarah, I 
legitimately recorded podcast episodes post-wedding about that very thing. Pretty much everything, not everything, because there were some some good things, but like a lot of the things that did not go the way I wanted was because they were free services. And I was like, you know, crunching numbers. And I was like, okay, like this seems like a good deal. But then they ended up interpreting it in the way that they wanted to. And I'm like, you know what? Sometimes you just need to like pay the extra money or put it on the credit card or whatever. It's just... Right. And we'll circle back to pageants. That's what I realized in year three. No, year four. I competed in Miss Ohio USA three times and I competed in Miss California my last year. By my last year, I was like, we are bringing in the big dogs. I want the best trainer, the best mental interview coach, the best walking coach. Like, And obviously all these things cost money, but I was like, I would rather instead of, because I kept getting free help, which was so nice, mm-hmm. but like it was not working. And like you said, I needed something to push me away from like the rest of the competition. So free doesn't always mean correct or right. Or good fit. Free doesn't always mean correct. However, we love the freebies. We love the generosity. But at the end of the day, like you said, your fourth time competing, you were in it to win it. That's something that you had decided you were really passionate about and willing to put everything in for. So it totally makes sense to me. Yeah. And I'll also say, what is the quote? Is it insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting the same result? Or different result. Yes. You heard that? different result like literally like that's where I got to and that's in pageantry but then also like in life now now I'm at this place where I'm like doing different things and putting myself in different scenarios and trying something new and maybe it flops but I'm like I can't expect to continue growing if I don't say like putting myself in different rooms I wasn't in before or in different conversations I didn't have before it's scary it's super scary so to finally wrap up the first question of the interview (laughs) What do you think now is the most misunderstood part about like life after pageants or after being a title holder? Right after I was like the next day, right? Okay. So for listeners, when you win Miss USA, the next morning they up and move you to New York City and you begin your week of media week. So you're on Good Morning America, live with Kelly and Ryan, all the whole nine yards. And you're set up with a stylist, everything. When I crowned the next Miss USA, I then – there's an analogy that's like basically you win and you get taken away in a limo and then you crown the new one and you order your own Uber. And it's just like so true. I think it's definitely a place where they can grow and I don't want to bash them in that way, but it's just true. In terms of business, it's a miss that they don't have better former relations, but they focus on one title holder and then – you're on your own. And so I went from having a full team at Miss Universe from a publicist to my own individual manager, a stylist, everything, to then being Sarah Rose Summers. And that was now, oh dear, three or four years ago, which is kind of bonkers. Yeah, that's really crazy. 2019. COVID years don't feel... I feel like that was an excuse for a minute. Like, oh, wait, it feels like it hasn't been very long because no one's been able to be productive because of COVID. But that has totally changed at this point. But yeah, so instantly it was interesting kind of trying to get be grounded and figure out what was next. And before being Miss USA, I worked in children's hospitals. So I missed that a lot. And I think you can still find a purpose 
outside of work because now I do full-time social media and I'm so grateful for that. And it's super fun. And I do absolutely love what I do. But it's a different experience than working in children's hospitals when every night I put my head on the pillow knowing that I had done good for a specific child or family. It's just different on the internet. Yeah. But I think you can still find your purpose even if it's not in your specific job. Um, You can find passions elsewhere. So I still volunteer. So that's one way I would encourage listeners to like follow your passions and whatnot. But it's funny. I mean, I could have gone back to the hospital. I still had my certification, but I just stepped into that following after Miss USA and Miss Universe that it would have been silly not to optimize on the world that is social media and influencing. So it's been fun, but yeah, I had to figure out how to do it myself at first, which was like you said, the misunderstanding question a lot. Got a manager, went through some trial and error there. And then we both decided to mutually separate. And then now I have a manager now who is a Christian, loves the Lord. Like we have the same Um, why at the end of the day. And I'm just so grateful for her. So it's been really good. And I know that you are not a stranger to receiving negativity and you've overcome so much and you've had a lot of people share unwanted opinions about your time as Miss USA, your time after Miss USA. How did you navigate that? How did you deal with that? And kind of what did you tell yourself? So let's dive into that just a little bit, because I think that if I kind of graze over the topic, people are going to Google it. And that is the worst possible scenario for me. So when I was Miss USA, the first time I kind of dealt with a lot of hate at once was I walked in New York Fashion Week. And mind you, I'm a, I was 23 years old at the time from Omaha, Nebraska. Fashion Week is nothing that I had experience with. It is basically just a pipe dream, maybe. It wasn't even a dream of mine, really. It's just like an unspoken, cool thing to do. So I had the opportunity to walk in Fashion Week. And I remember the week of, I called my dad and I, he was like, well, what does that mean? I said, well, it's the Super Bowl of Fashion, Dad, New York Fashion Week. <laughs> so I walked in Fashion Week. And then when I got off of the runway, I checked my phone to coordinate for dinner with my girlfriends for that night in the city. And I was being bombarded on my own social media account, Miss USA's account, and then the designer that I walked for saying things like, she's fat, she's a pig, oink, 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 take her crown away before she goes to Miss Universe, like all these horrible things. And in that moment, I was just kind of surprised at first. But then I took a step back and thought, okay, well, I am blank size. But even if I were a significantly larger size than that, they have no right to be saying things like this on the internet. Right. And this is affecting me one way. But oh my gosh, when I begin to think about all the young girls that follow the Miss USA account and we're reading those comments thinking, wait, if Miss USA is fat and she looks like that, then what am I? Right. You know, so mm-hmm. I went to the Miss Universe organization and I said, I want to respond to this head on. I don't want you guys to just do like crisis management, deleting comments and whatnot, because this is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And this is why we have such a jacked up standard of beauty that's quite frankly unrealistic. So they supported me, which I was very excited about. Yeah. They said, okay, write a statement. We'll read it, proofread it, make sure it's fine. And then we'll record you and we'll put it out there. So I basically called out the haters, said how this is why we have body dysmorphia and distorted ideals of beauty is because of comments like this. And I wasn't just going to sweep it under the rug and let it get to me. I was going to 
talk to therapists about it, talk to my family, employ my support system, and then respond to them because they deserve to be called out. Especially on the internet, I'm sure you can agree to this. People say a lot of ridiculous things that they would likely never say to your face. Of course. (laughs) So that's funny. Yeah. And those things especially, like who's going to say oink, oink, oink to your face? We're not children. So ridiculous. So ridiculous. So that one was, you know, I feel like honestly just preparing me for what was to come in my year. I will say. Can I interject and just say I love that you stood out because you didn't just think about yourself. You were thinking about how those comments alone are impacting others in the future of others. Like that was like your driving force. Like it's not just like this is affecting Sarah. This is really not acceptable for like a standard in general. Amen. Well, thank you. And I think that that's amazing. So yes. You're sweet. Snaps for you. Continue. You're so kind. You're so sweet. Well, that was not easy to face, but I would say easier than what was to come for me. So fast forward a couple months and I competed at Miss Universe, which I mean, a dream. I haven't said this during this episode. So going to Miss USA, Nebraska had never placed in the top five before. My goal was top 15. So the fact that I won was bonkers. So going mm-hmm. on to Miss Universe was just so truly surreal. And I had the best time, like 12 out of 10 time. I peed myself laughing so hard with Miss Japan. Oh my God. I made great friendships. My roommate, Miss Ireland, across the hall was Great Britain, Australia, Indonesia, Colombia. It's just the most unique experience ever. And you're just surrounded by 95 women from around the world who are, yes, beautiful, but also intelligent and have their own causes that they really care about. And it's an opportunity to learn about their culture. Well, back when I competed in December of 18, that was when Instagram, they did like Instagram lives, but then they vanished after 24 hours. Do you remember that? Yeah. They didn't save like an IGTV or there was no archive back then. So you couldn't retrieve them, but you could screen record. And so it turns out somebody had screen recorded a Instagram live that I had done with Miss Columbia and Miss Australia. And one of the comments that had been sent in and a question was, how do you guys feel about Miss Vietnam? So I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I love her. She is next to me in the lineup, Miss USA, Vietnam, you know, alphabetically. So she is just a doll. And then I went on to say, we're here in a country, we're in Thailand, we competed in Bangkok, Thailand, such a neat experience that their main language is Thai. And then the Miss Universe main language is English. And so there were only two women at Miss Universe that didn't speak the same language as anyone else. And that was Cambodia and Vietnam. And then I gave the example. I said, like, Brazil solely speaks Portuguese, but her roommate, Miss Angola, is just genius and speaks tons of languages. So she was able to translate for her. Wow. And so I went on to say like how isolating that must be and how scary and how I couldn't imagine doing that. And then I went on to say in my bubbly personality, I was like on cloud nine. So what I took away and what I learned from the experience was my tone did not match my words because it was completely twisted. So fast forward the next day, there were little clips going around everywhere of me saying, yeah, Vietnam doesn't speak any English. And then I said, poor Cambodia. And oh my gosh, Kelly, it was translated into the native language of Cambodia is Khmer to mean poor as in 
economically. Oh my God. So then I'm being called a white blonde bigot racist and all these horrible things when my intention wasn't that at all. So it was really sad and awful. That was significantly more difficult for me than people commenting on my body. Right. Because they were then commenting on my character. Right. Something that is the farthest from the truth. And Mm -hmm. so again, at first I was like, oh my gosh, I need Henye and Nat, that's Vietnam and Cambodia, to know that that's not the case because they're getting all these comments on social media too and being tagged in it and whatnot. So we need some translators ASAP, Rocky, to translate my heart. And Vietnam, Henye was like, oh, she basically gave me a big hug and said, Sarah Rose, I knew that wasn't the truth. I knew your heart. It was really Mm -hmm. like the most emotional probably experience of my life potentially because I was just mortified and sick. I was physically sick over it, obviously. And then Cambodia, just once we were able to actually talk about it, was had opened her heart and it was beautiful. So a awful situation turned fantastic. I continue to talk to both of them today more than no, probably no. any other former contestants from Universe. Yeah. But it's still a thing, right? Like I get called horrible names. I've been told to kill myself and vice versa for my family. Like my brother in Nebraska received a physical hate mail to his office <gasps> about all of that. And what was hard, and I feel like a lot of your viewers are going to probably be like, oh, of course. I have so many fans from Vietnam now, but it's a lot of Americans that don't care to listen to the truth or to hear the truth and potentially forgive. So that's a problem. But I think that just no one, unfortunately, is surprised by that information. But yeah. So that was pretty crazy. How do you handle that? One way is prayer. Yeah. And then surrounding yourself by truth tellers who are only going to build you up. Mm -hmm. And then one thing I think Instagram does right is comment controls. Do you know about this? Oh, Sarah, I have like 37 words blocked on my comment controls. And only people who follow me are allowed to comment on my photos. Okay. And the reason why, and I just changed this and here's why. So for years, for five years, my public profile has been open. Receive hate, receive hate, kill yourself. Literally all these things all the time. And then back in November, my following really started picking up and I was like, oh, like I want to take time to respond to comments. And I kid you not, it was like my morning commute, starting out my day over a cup of coffee on the train. And it's just 90 horrible comments. And so I was like, I have a feeling none of these people were actually following me. They're just seeing my reels or seeing my post on a search feed. And so they immediately hop over to like say something hurtful. And I'm like, I have, if they're, if they're following me, that means they must be at least interested in my mission or support my mission. And they're probably not going to go out of their way to like say something super hateful. Mm-hmm. So I put that common control on in November. Not only did my following increase like 30,000, which is interesting, but I have rarely, I like once a month now, do I receive a comment that is like super mean or anything like that. And I'm just, I block them. I'm like, why are you following me? Like, Right. Because you have to, at the end of the day, guard your heart. Totally. And like we talked about with the fat shaming stuff, guard the heart of those that are reading it. So that means even if it's my mom. Yeah. Like my mom doesn't need to read that 
people are saying these nasty things about me or death threats and whatnot. So for those listening that don't know what this means, you need to open Instagram, go to the three little dashes, go to your settings, and then it's privacy and you can hide words. And it's hysterical to me because what happens is say Kelly goes and comments on my Instagram and calls me a fat pig. We'll just use a rated G option. Rated G. Mm -hmm. It will show up to her like she commented on it, but no one else will be able to like or comment back on that comment. But she's so she's not going to get the satisfaction of people liking her comment, but she's going to think she commented on it. Wow. So no one else is going to see it. So I think that's awesome. I love that feature of Instagram. Wow. I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. So dealing with hate, first of all, Don't be afraid to either respond to it head on or clear up if it's a genuine mistake and apologize. Yeah. And then surround yourself in truth tellers and guard your heart with social media. Like, don't be afraid to block people. Use the comment controls. Or don't go on for a matter of time and like clear your head. And just like my, I always say, I just let it marinate. Right. Like if something, if there's some sort of reel that's going viral or something that people are blogging about, about me, making fun of me, I just literally, I'm just like, I'm going to let that marinate and I will be back on in the morning. Right. Like, I'm not going to let this ruin my whole evening with my husband. We're going to watch Gilmore Girls and I'm going to relax. Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that goes with emails too. Like, I feel like such a millennial. You get an, an, an email that upsets you from work and you need to marinate for a second. You can't respond out of anger right away mm-hmm. and then respond with a clear head. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Yeah. And I also will say, Sarah, and I wonder if you can relate to this. So I'd say like every three months, people love to make memes about me and like post them on really large military accounts with like hundreds of thousands of followers and then or there's like a blog like some sort of like large blog that will like deep dive into like my purpose and who I am and what they think they know about me and I really have just gotten to a point now I say over this last year like first couple years I was like wow that sucks like vengeance like no like I want to set the record straight now I'm just like I just have really strong faith Like the truth will set you free. Like I'm going to keep moving forward on my mission. There is a reason why God is putting this platform into my life. I wholeheartedly believe that. And it will speak for itself. I feel like there's this, what is this thing? Like lions are take time to listen to the sheep or pay attention to the sheep. What is it? What's that quote? It's like lion. I know what you're talking about. Something with lions and something with sheep. That's how I feel. I'm like, we're not going to pay attention to the sheep. We're just going to keep being our like lioness selves. And I just don't even react to it anymore. I'm just like, okay, thanks for sharing my brand. Now more people are going to hop over to my page and potentially be inspired and find me. Exactly. And for and thanks. Mm -hmm. Exactly. You have to look for the silver linings. And for me, this is my business. Yeah. So unfortunately, when people are talking, at least they're talking. And it's true. (laughs) People always say it. They're like you know you've made it when you have haters. Mm -hmm. Because people don't talk about you unless there's something to talk about. It's so true. And of course, that's easier said than done, right? Like sometimes it'll maybe be that time of the month and I'm overly sensitive. And TikTok will circulate clips of my old video that I just talked to you about. And I'll be like, good God, when is this going to end? It was years ago. And of course, they don't say anything about the apology or the clarity or what actually happened. Mm -hmm. And there's nowhere anywhere to be found because that's back when Instagram removed the the live. 
the actual full conversation. Of course, it's just these snippets. Mm -hmm. I can just ignore it sometimes, but then other times, oh my gosh, does it rock me? So I'm not going to sit here and say that it's so easy and you just ignore it and yay for more followers and yay for more likes because that's how I make my money. It's not always easy. And in those moments, I'll go to Connor and I'll go to my friends and be like, okay, we need to do something fun. Maybe we need to go on a walk. Maybe we need to work out and release some endorphins. Maybe we just need a girl's night. But know what fills your cup. That self-care is so important. That goes for anything, social media or not. Sarah, this is what's making you more relatable though. I promise. Like I think because I've struggled, I have 100% struggled and continue to struggle. I have always struggled. I am not a person that's like, I have every award in the book and every ribbon in the book. And like people are going to write articles about me in Time Magazine 20 years from now. Like I'm not that person. I'm just a normal woman with a heart that loves God, who's really positive, And I'm going to try and use my platform for good. But people need to remember that you're a human being because we're all human beings. So had you not dealt with that kind of adversity, if anything, like I'm a big Miss USA follower. I follow lots of Miss USAs. I've also unfollowed Miss USAs. And it's because after their reign, I don't relate anymore. It doesn't speak to me. So for for example, for you, like I have followed you through your journey, but even after I find you so relatable because you actively talk about your struggles and you're super positive and you talk about your down days, you talk about self-care and we're like, yes, like we're all just human beings trying to figure out this thing called life. So when people are like, I'm so perfect, I've never failed. I've achieved nothing but greatness. I'm like, this is not the truth, honey. Give us the real stuff. So it has made you better and relatable and stronger. Thank you. You're sweet. My husband is also a positive of the social. He's a reason lots of people follow. He's a riot. He, I know, he reminds me a lot of my husband, honestly, because let me know if this is accurate, but my husband, he is like not a social media person. I mean, he posts like once a year, maybe. And when I, it's 50-50, like I'll whip out my phone and be like, everyone, this is Austin. He'd be like, no, listen, I, I'm not about this life right now. And people think that's funny. And he's like, the people love me. I'm hilarious. Or he's like in the mood to record something on social media and people still love it because he's hilarious. And he's like, the fans love me. I'm always a winner. And I'm like, oh my God, you just, (laughs) it's crazy. That checks out. Kills me. Yeah, that checks out for sure. One of my favorite things he did, I was sharing Amazon Prime Day and I had made all these lists and he straight up put on his suit for work and he is in finance. So if that tells you anything, he's very logical minded, super rational, you know, an Excel spreadsheet man. He put on his suit and stood up. He had his little microphone like he was going to do a market update for his clients and shared like a presentation of my... Amazon Prime selects for Prime Day, and it was hysterical. Oh my God. So that was an example of when he was up for it. But otherwise, like you said, people love it when he's just like being normal him. Yeah, reluctant, just being there. I'm like, I don't know what you mean. He's just Connor, just being boring. And they're like, it's hilarious. Okay, thank you. Glad you think so. Again, (laughs) relatable sometimes I am not like when you know like this I follow a lot of bloggers obviously and like they're perfectly calculated family and they're perfectly dressed husband and like he's like super invested in the video and he's like that every single time I'm like there's no way 
no, no, we don't want a presentation. I'm like this perfectly hallmarked curated video. Like we want husbands that are like, no, I'm not doing this right now. Well, (laughs) we also have our secrets behind the scenes, you know, like I'll say, remember that mizzen and main shirt you got last week Mm, for free? That's true. (laughs) We get to work with brands because you play along. So, you know, just a little bit of a reminder, a little kick in the butt is nice. It is true. Like if, if I didn't do what we do or I do, we would not have the lifestyle we have for sure. I'm very grateful for it. And it's fun. Yeah. That is so funny. Cause I did the exact same thing. Austin doesn't want to take my photos, but he's like very reluctant to take my photos. And I'm like, Austin, memories is directly correlated. If you take a picture of me in front of this pretty building in Chicago, maybe we'll get a free dinner and they'll be like, Ooh, let's work together. And then he's like, okay, just give me the camera. <laughs> exactly. Like, aren't you glad that I didn't buy this outfit? See, exactly. <laughs> hey, on that note, I mean, again, life after Miss USA, you got married, you're living in Texas now, you're full blown 24 seven influencer. Like you mentioned, that's not what you did before being Miss USA. Right. What has that been like? Like, is it all it's cracked up to be. What are the difficulties? What are the positives? Like, what have you kind of experienced? Whew, another loaded question there for me. So, I absolutely love what I do. I'm super grateful, but it's not what I thought I'd be doing afterwards. I thought that I would, you know, be doing public speaking multiple times a week. Every week, I'd be getting flown out for children's charities to speak. Mm-hmm. Those were that was like my ultimate goal. Yeah. And then I COVID hit about five months after Miss USA. Yeah. And like I told you, you're not illegitimate, but you're a little bit less relevant, right? So my relevancy was dwindling in the in the speaking realm anyway. I didn't have any, you know, recent footage to show for speaking engagements. But I absolutely love what I do now. And I think it's hard, you know, the comparison game is always a lose-lose because as a believer, we are not called to view ourselves as greater than or lesser than our brothers and sisters. So that being said, of course, you're going to at some point sit back and be like, okay, well, what do I want to do after Miss USA? Hmm. Do I go back to the hospital? What do I want to do? You're going to compare and contrast other formers' yeah. current lives to what are possible options for you to do afterwards. Um, because there's only a handful of us that have ever done it, right? So what does life look like after? And it's easy to be like, oh my gosh, she lives in LA and is a full-time model. Or she got a job as a TV correspondent. Yeah. Why I want to do that, that, and that. Well, you know what? They could be saying the same thing about me and I wouldn't know it. Maybe they want to have a super awesome supportive husband and a cute little Frenchie bulldog and a great friends and community and getting to travel with brands and work directly with brands. So you just never know. Mm -hmm. Um, You can't compare, but it's not as glamorous as one might think. I think that goes back to the title of your podcast. Yes, People would think that the whole year is Miss USA super glamorous. And then after that, you've won this thing that you never even thought was a possible reality. yeah. And then so after that, your life must continue to be glamorous all the time. I think COVID, of of course, was hard on everyone. But I think that was extra difficult for me in the nine months, 10 months after not I mean, even year and a half afterwards of, oh my gosh, I'm not doing like what a former Miss USA does. I'm just on social media. 
close. Exactly. I'm just on social media. No, 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 no. I am on social media, dang it. I am working with dream brands, getting paid to do so, like so stinking cool. So I love what I do. I'm very grateful. I think it's it can be hard. Don't compare yourself to anybody else because everybody's journey is a little bit different. With social media, it's so funny because people like you and I, I'm going to brag for a second. We make it look easy. Yeah. We Because people just pop on their phone and they see a photo that we know is very particularly angled and lit and we're wearing a certain outfit and we have a certain intention and you know, like we have curated this because we are smart and we know how to work with brands. We know how to work with marketing and all of that. And so if everybody could do it, everybody would be doing it. It's so polarizing in this industry. So I talked with you a little bit about how I was just recently at the Super Bowl last week. Not at the actual game, but like prior to the game, doing behind the scenes, Navy stuff. And there was a lot of controversy that I have yet to really talk about on my podcast. But one of the things was the fact that the Navy even had me there. People are like, what a joke. The Navy like sent an influencer to create content at the Super Bowl. Like, who are we? This is, is this what we are now as a Navy? Like, we're this like, well, culture Gen Z's on TikTok that are making dances. And it's so laughable because again, polarizing any anyone and everyone that works in marketing and advertising and branding and media or anything, they are like, Kelly, oh my God, how are you doing this? Like by yourself, like that's crazy. That's incredible. Good job. Like seriously, that's that's amazing. And then the whole opposite spectrum is she's a joke. She's ridiculous. That's so dumb, whatever. And I'm like, you just have no concept of how much skill and talent and work this takes. This is oh, absolutely. hours of our life that we spend on this because we want to. But it again, it can't, it's not just anybody that walks into this space and does well. Like you have to stay relevant. Like you just said, it's ever changing. It's a game. Oh, a hundred percent. And I mean, like you said, anyone that works in marketing knows how legitimate it is, but also any Mm -hmm. company at all. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, knows that they need marketing. Yeah. You need recruits. You need investments. I mean, it's not going anywhere. That's for sure. Yeah. I don't think you would laugh at a billboard recruiting people. So you definitely shouldn't be laughing at a someone on social media because that's the direction of marketing. Exactly. Yeah, I hate that for you. I'm very sorry. It's ridiculous, but you're the one doing it. So, hey, girl. Yeah, it's part of my my story. It's part of my journey. And hate is one part of it. Another thing too that I wanted to say real quick to listeners that are like, why am I listening to this podcast interview with an influencer? We get told no oftentimes too. Yeah. Like more often than not. (laughs) Um, I am super grateful that I do get to travel a lot with different. Um, resorts and whatnot, but I get ghosted more times than I receive an email back. And then when I do receive emails back, and what I mean is I'll pitch myself to different places when Connor and I are planning travel, like, hey, I'd love to stay with you guys and highlight it as the it place to stay in Park City, Utah. Are you interested in hosting us kind of thing? And sometimes they don't respond at all, which is most times. And then if they do respond, they're like, oh, thank you. We're not interested in this collaboration at this time. But every so often you get a little bite and they say yes. And so that makes it fun and that makes it worth it. But 
yeah, you get told no all the time. And that's just a part of life. Just like life. Mm-hmm. It's a part of life. It's a part of pageants. <laughs> just like life. Pageants help prepare me for that, for sure. I think before you can win, you have to learn how to lose. Yes, that is so true. And I think that's a great way to end before we get into questions. Like, I know my pageant listeners are dialing in right now. I know oh. that they were like, oh, Sarah Summer's done. Like, subscribe. So again, this is a great message for those who are not in the pageant world, but for those of that are that are in, let's talk with like specifics on prep, things you wish you did not waste your time on and things that you love that you did and things that you now look back and you're so grateful for. Like anything that you would change or highlight about your prep in general to become Miss Nebraska, Miss USA and Miss Universe, because as you mentioned, you were kind of under the same umbrella. So when I competed for Nebraska Teen USA and then Miss Teen USA, I went on my first like regimented diet per se. And I regret that to to the nines because I was 16 years old. I was healthy. I was running Mm -hmm. cross country. I was on the dance team, all these things. I did not need to be on a diet. And then also going to the gym on the elliptical after I had track practice, that's ridiculous. And that is not a healthy realistic expectation of someone or of anyone. So I wish I had not done that. But that being said, when I went to Miss Teen USA and did not place and it wrecked me, I said, okay, one day I'm going to go back to Miss USA as Nebraska and I'm going to be a realistic example of a young woman. And that's what I did. So I truly don't have much that I regret from the Miss Nebraska USA or Miss USA experience. And of course, we already discussed what I do regret from Miss Universe. Mm -hmm. Totally different side note there. But I do regret not just being myself and having a realistic relationship with food and fitness when I was a teen. Yeah. And I think as a teenager, you're so easily... Impression, you're so impressionable. Yeah. And it was all or nothing for me. It was very black and white. And prepping for something like this, especially when it affects a diet or your body, it's not black and white, right? There's so much gray. And so when I went to Miss USA, I knew that when I left Nebraska, I wanted to be more than ready for that stage so that when I got to Louisiana, which is where Miss USA was held my year, I would have the Southern food at the sponsored dinners and I would have the desserts. And I did. I never said no to any pie. <laughs> I didn't say no to any pie. Say yes to the pie. Yeah. I love that you mentioned about like being authentic to you because reflecting back, that was actually what changed the game the most, I think, for me. And we touched on it for a second whenever we met for the first time today online. I said, you know, you're the it girl sending all your podcasts. And I was like, got to do as Sarah Rose Summers does because she is Miss USA right now. And I want to be Miss USA. And then you quickly were like, no, no. And I was like, you're <laughs> right. Like I had to finally my last year step in and realize the best prep you'll ever do is preparing yourself and your heart and embracing truly the qualities that you bring to the table. And my mental coach, Heather Sumlin, shout out. She was like, you're going to walk into a room with a bunch of beautiful women and you're going to look to your left and you're going to look to your right. And none of them are you. Literally none of them. None of them have been through the same experiences, same journey, overcome obstacles. Like all of that is specific to Kelly Hall. And that's what makes you unique. And if it's the right fit, they're going to pick you because of that. And no one else has that. No one else has that quality or that trait. And so I feel like once you know, just truly embracing you as your superpower, 
there's not a croissant you can turn away in the world or an extra set of abs you can do or yeah or a different different dress or dress like there's literally nothing it's you but it takes I feel like it takes women years to get to that it took me years I was 28 years old and I was like wow being Kelly is literally enough and we will see because at that point that's all that's all you can do and that goes for any regular normal person job interview interview to get into a school or a scholarship like mm-hmm. you can't compare yourself sitting to the person next to you in that waiting room because there is no comparison and at the end of the day a little bit of it, it's subjective yeah totally subjective like that selection committee who who did they feel the most drawn to yeah which kind of stinks but it's the truth and Lastly, talking about comparison, I know I personally have had to battle this and I'm sure that women post-pageant life have dealt the same. How do you overcome and not compare your lifestyle from what it was when you were Miss USA and your body? Because holy cow, sometimes like, you know, I'll look back at my body at Miss California and I'm like, damn, she was snatched. And then I'm like, wait a second. I was working out two a days. I had a very specific regimen diet, like leading up to the pageant. I, there's all these things you quickly forget that you were doing. And then now I'm like, now I'm a normal 30 year old eating deep dish pizza on Sunday night with my husband. Like he just, you know, diving into those things, but that's like living, like I'm like living life. So how do you handle that? And like, what advice would you give to women out there who are struggling with that as well? Mm, that's good. That's really good. First of all, <laughs> let's just touch on the fact that, like you said, I'm a normal 30-year-old. Like, that's amazing. That's the goal, yeah. right? We're supposed to be enjoying life, not just trying to get through it and look a certain way. So enjoy life on on the journey. But like I said, going to Miss USA, I didn't restrict myself from desserts. I made smart s- switches. So instead of having regular ice cream five times a week, I had Halo Top five times a week. So I would do small things like that. I don't feel like I struggle with comparing myself to myself now. However, let's just have a second for the fact that it's pretty, I don't know that I'm allowed to say this on your podcast, but it is pretty badass that you get to have your own self be like your fitspo for current day. That is so so true. That is so true. To be able to sit back and be like, oh yeah, dang, that was me. I did do that. You did that. Mm -hmm, Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. It's not some other person on your little Pinterest dashboard of your goals. No, it is you. So Part of me, you can find some comfort and just like confidence boost in the fact that yeah. that could be me if I wanted it to be. But quite frankly, I don't want it to be because I'm doing different things. My body is getting prepared for different phases of life as we speak. You know, the only time that I really do kind of struggle with that is when I go back. So I've been back to Miss Universe and Miss USA oh, yeah. as a former. And that's when I'm going to be in pictures from all angles that I don't get to, you know, say yes or okay, or please don't post that too, because people just do it. And my, my realistic advice is dress for your current body. Dress in what's flattering. Dress in what you feel confident in. Uh, because if I had just gone to this last Miss Universe competition and worn something from years prior that fit me then, I would not have felt good about it. Yeah. Even though I'm confident in my current body and who I am, and I know I'm strong and beautiful. 
So it's okay to go shopping and figure out what fits your body now, your current body. Get rid of those jeans that are two sizes too small and love and dress for your current self. Yeah. What would you say about like the lifestyle? You know, you mentioned being on Kelly and Ryan and living in a New York City apartment and, you know, fashion week and all of the glam. And then I very much understand you are living with your husband and your dog and an apartment and figuring life out. It's different. It's a different season. So what would you say to those who maybe are trying to overcome what they used to have or used to do with the reality of life now? I would say I haven't mastered that just yet. And that's okay, knowing that that's okay, because I miss it all the time. You're like, oh my gosh, you're in New York City apartment. I said to my, in my heart, I was like, oh, crank that key. Like I, it's so funny. I watched you literally like, like turn a little bit like nostalgia. (laughs) Like, uh oh, I shouldn't have said that. (laughs) Yes. No, I miss it often, but there's so much beauty in my current life and finding and choosing the joys and choosing to tell yourself what you're thankful for every day from your current life. Mm -hmm. And it's okay to miss things from the past for sure. And that's so funny. Yeah. But I mean, I really haven't mastered that yet. I the only thing I hold on to is embracing the season you're in and like enjoying life as the chapters change. It's just unrealistic to stay in this consistent, high, exciting season every day because then it's not exciting anymore because then you're always chasing the next thing and then there's the next thing. And I think one thing I've noticed is my, when I speak to mentors or people, five years, my senior, 10 years, whatever, they're like, you think you've reached that peak or you've arrived. And then you look back and realize like you appreciate the simplicity more, like just having those intimate moments with your husband before children, or when you didn't have a five bedroom house that you got stressed about cleaning or fixing, and you just lived in that little apartment. And, and I think through those things, it started to make me like, appreciate now Maybe we're not doing all the crazy things we used to do pre-COVID or I kind of miss the prepping for pageants or the glam of all of these things from when I was single or the events I used to go to. But like, this is a different kind of season and it's just different. And I need to embrace this one too, because we're learning something that's prepping us for the next chapter. Amen. Whatever that is. It's all for a purpose. All for a purpose. Well, we're almost hitting an hour, which is crazy. I could literally talk to you for another hour. I love it. Dang it. Um, but I do want to come to Dallas. Let's hang out. Uh, I know. More virtual meetups. So someday I'll be in Texas and I'll hit you up. But until then, before we get into some Q&A, I just want to say thanks. Thanks for being a relatable Miss USA. Thanks for being such a wonderful mentor to so many women, here, young and older. You're a great example. And And I love that you gave glory to God. That stood out to me the most, honestly, when you were were competing for Miss USA, you were openly talking about your faith on stage. And I was like, get it, girl. Like beyond the blue floral bathing suit and the black dress, I was like, wow, that says something about her. And thank you. I I appreciate it. Thank you so much. People did comment on that a lot. And it kind of made me sad that people were surprised by it. Because as a Christian, you're called to be bold in your faith and to proclaim it to the nations and share the gospel. And so, of course, I was going to do that. It was kind of like a no-brainer to me, like a should have had a V8 moment. Duh. (laughs) But sometimes people are like, well, were you worried? 
And I said, I'm so glad that I did it the way that I did because then when I did win Miss USA, they knew what they had signed up for. It's yeah. not like I then all of a sudden was talking about my faith on the internet. Completely. It was something that I had been doing consistently. Yeah. And so they knew what they were getting. Exactly. I openly talk about my faith and obviously my feed is very like military and all of that. And some people have been like, are you allowed to talk about your faith openly in uniform? Because like may reflect the views of the DOD or whatever. Mm. And I'm like, you know what? If I can't talk about my faith openly, that is exactly the rights that we're trying to protect. What are we doing here? <laughs> like, what are we doing here if I can't even do that? So I do. And I'm like, you know what? If I were to get in trouble for it, I'd rather get in trouble for speaking out on my faith than not. So, and I think God will protect me. I'll be just fine. Snaps. Amen. Snaps. Well, thank you, Sarah, so, so much. You're the best. Thank you. A literal queen. <laughs> Okay, we're going to do some rapid fire, rapid fire Q&A, as rapid as possible. Sarah, I want to know, like, what are you reading right now? What are the podcasts you're listening to right now? Like, what would you tell listeners that they should dive into? Oh, my goodness. I'm currently planning our upcoming trip to Italy. So I've just been on <gasps> all of the blogs. <laughs> so I'd say all the content, all the things. So, so I'm on blogs, I'm on the internet, I'm Googling things. Yeah, doing lots of research right now. Nothing like super exciting. Wait, I mean, wait. super exciting, but I'm not like, hey, you need to read this blog about this. Any like personal development books that you absolutely love or anything like that? I loved um, Jenny Allen. I just adore her. Her books are amazing. Jenny Allen? I've never heard of her. No way. Jenny Allen, Girl, Get, or, uh, get Out of My Head or something. This is why I love doing the Q&A because every single time I've done it, someone's mentioned like a new book or a new podcasts or something I've literally never never heard of, which is funny because we're like all kind of in the same space. So I mm-hmm. think that we have. So Jenny Allen is a Christian author and she wrote a book called Get Out of My Head. And that's easily always one of my favorites. It just, again, Ooh. drives home, not comparing, get out of your own head, get out of your own way. I love it. Okay. Say I'm preparing for a pageant and I can only afford one coach. What coach should I sign up for invest in i feel like i know your answer you do Uh, yeah i would assume that this is going to be what you say but i go ahead and say it well my main coaches don't coach anymore i'm old but like would it be like walking or you know what i mean yeah Ooh, shoot either fitness or interview that's like three uh, two of the three i was gonna say interview yes and no i think a lot of people would be surprised that I more so paid and worked on my paperwork with someone. And then Mm -hmm. I prepared for interview by watching the news, reading the news, and just going over my paperwork and knowing me the the best. I didn't do a lot of interview training per se. I did a lot of mock interviews with Susie and Shandy, but they're gone. And yeah, and door prep. I think that's actually a really good point because people forget about the paperwork. For sure. Paperwork, paperwork, paperwork. Make it crafty. Make it you. And then study it. Remember it. Please read over it before you walk into your interview. So I would probably actually say now that you kind of were surprised, I would say fitness because I think it takes so much to feel confident and secure in your own skin in order to be able to walk across the stage confidently. So fitness. Figure out how to make yourself feel your best. 
what resources or tools do you use the most as a full-time influencer? Ooh, I use the preview app all the time. Preview? Preview. Yes. I don't have that. <laughs> you can prepare your content in there. It's kind of like Planoly. I'm sure you've heard of that. So you can move things yeah. around. You can edit in there. You can have multiple accounts hooked up to it. You can save all of your hashtag groups. Okay. So like I have a fitness hashtag groups. So anytime I post a fitness post, I'll then go and comment all 30 hashtags from my fitness. And I just copy paste and it copies and pastes all of them. Wow. These are just my hashtags. Okay. And then uh-huh. kind of crazy. I don't even know how this is allowed, but you can go and type in another like business or for me, a different influencer who I, you know, have a same niche as, and it will tell you their top hashtags. Oh, wow. I know. That is deep. It's so That's cool. Crazy. Okay. I'm going to download that tonight. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Last two rapid fire questions. What is your Starbucks order? I drink energy drinks. Oh my God. I've literally been asking this for season four and like four of the five last people are like, I don't drink Starbucks and I can't believe it because I don't understand that life. That's funny. Yeah. I don't like, I've never enjoyed the taste of coffee. So if I'm getting something coffee, it's like frou-frou. So say I'm in desperation mode and I'm drinking coffee, it's going to be like a salted caramel cold brew with lots of cold foam. Otherwise, I love Alani. Okay. Yeah, I have seen you post about the energy drinks. Mm. And last but not least, other than Italy, what is next for you? Oh my gosh. Well, last year we put seven offers on homes and ended up resigning our lease. So we are embarking on the home journey again, looking for a home. And then we're going to Italy and hopefully, you know, starting family planning. So it's very exciting. Oh my gosh, so many fun things. That's so funny. We are literally in the same chapter. Here we go. Yeah. My goodness. We'll just see what happens. We're not stressing. We're just like, amen. It's going to work out. The right house, family, the whole thing. Mm -hmm. But for now, just focus on the Italian vacation. Have the best time. Thank you. And thank you for being here. It was truly the best. So thank you so much, Sarah. Always adore talking to you and getting to see your beautiful face. So thank you so much. Thank you. Keep shining. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of Misunderstood Podcast. I love hearing from you guys. And I want you to take a screenshot of this episode, tag at misunderstood.podcast on Instagram and share a takeaway from today's episode. Something you loved, something you wanted more of, whatever it is, it helps me learn what you guys want to hear. Please consider leaving a review on iTunes or Spotify. I want to give a special shout out to my friends at Hatch for producing this episode. If you are looking to launch a podcast or if you already have one, you can get unlimited podcast editing by visiting usehatch.fm. That's usehatch.fm. Thanks so much, guys. Until next week, this is your misunderstood Kelly Hall. The views and opinions presented here in this episode are those of myself and do not necessarily represent the views of the DOD or its components. Appearance of or reference to any commercial products or services does not constitute DOD endorsement and those products or services. The appearance of external hyperlinks, 
does not constitute D&D endorsement of the linked websites or of the information, products, or services therein.